Hello, Purple Nation, and welcome back to another season of Vikings football. You're listening to Purple 3Cap, your place for 100% biased, 100% Minnesotan discussion about our purple. I'm Carl Bates, joined as always by Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Prajapati. Hold steady as the rose-tinted glasses are on to full effect as we bring you part one of our off-season recap. This episode looking back on free agency and the draft. Fan favorite segments like Flag on the Play are back as well. Of course, all this and much, much more on this edition of Purple 3 Cap. Carl here with a quick programming note. We recorded this episode back in mid-August and decided after recording to delay the air date until right before the season started. So if you hear us referring to recording again in a couple of weeks, don't be alarmed as part two of our off-season recap previewing the regular season is just around the corner as we eagerly await our showdown against the New Orleans Saints. Until then, here's part one. Well, hello and welcome back, Purple Nation, to another season of Purple 3Cap. As always with the Vikings, we, we start off with, with blind optimism and, of course, well, <laughs> it'll, end, it'll end somewhere in tears. I'm Carl Bates and, of course, joined by my, my faithful co-hosts, Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Prajapati. Hello. How are you, Carl? Fabulous. Thank you. We back. We, we are back. back. We never left. Are you kidding me? Of course, the Viking season uh, started off very oddly with the horrendous in- injury to Teddy Bridgewater. Then suddenly the ship righted. We were sailing to the Super Bowl, and then the wheels quickly came off. And uh, here we are, New England Patriots again, world champions, and uh, we're back for another round. Tom Brady leading the New England Patriots to the Super Bowl. Seriously, that Super Bowl was a work of art, you know? 28-3 down. Unbelievable game, but uh, we're here to talk about the Vikings. We're here to talk about the Vikings, not the fact that Nicole said that the Patriots were doomed, and I never... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You did! If you you look at the tape... I predicted New England and Atlanta end up at the Super Bowl. You also predicted the Vikings at 15 and 1. Well, but no, <laughs> when we were watching that Super Bowl, when they were down 21 to 3, you said no way they'd win. And I said, I said, you can't count out touchdown Tom. I would never count out my man let's, from Michigan. Let's keep rolling, Carl. Let's keep rolling. So, this year, uh it's, it's kind of a special it's a special year for the Vikings in many ways, of course, uh, in large part due to the home of the Super Bowl being U.S. Bank Stadium. But it's also special because this is the last year that we will be spending training camp and Mankato. And so I really wanted to just, just spend a little time starting off with, with that. And I know, Quinn, you've been down there this year. Um, to talk, talk about Mankato and kind of what, what that has meant to the Vikings. Yeah, the show spent some money to uh, send me down to Mankato. Tried to get you know a recording booth, but the media wouldn't let me into their uh, you know into their tent. So I got a report on it here. So it was it was just nice to watch it. It was one last time. It was the swan song of Mankato. I was just sitting in a tent, and all of a sudden, all the receivers came over. You got to see Stefan Diggs, Adam Dixie. Thielen. They were signing for these little kids that were, you know, handing out footballs and anything. 
Michael Floyd did not interact with any kids, so, you know, trying to keep the influences solid. Um, but it was also, you always love seeing those rookies be able to interact with those kids because I think those rookies are the Rodney Adamses and the Coleys of the world. They love seeing those kids look up to them as much as those kids enjoy seeing uh, somebody wearing a purple jersey is coming over. But let me tell you, when I was there, I got to see some great catches by Floyd, by Diggs, and even Laquan Treadwell made. Who? Who's so, that? Even Laquan Treadmill, Treadwell made a heck of a catch, and then the cornerback that he made it over uh, instigated a fight Exum, with him. Exum, right? Yep. Oh, you were at that practice? I was at that practice. And, of course, Treadwell hurts his foot. What is new? But no, it was it was really cool seeing uh, seeing the team practice. Even got to see Teddy Bridgewater and Latavius Murray kind of doing light drills. So it's it's always nice to just get in the car, drive about an hour and a half, stop down at Emma Crumbie's off uh, thirty five, and just you know, it's something that just isn't going to be there. That scenic drive to the home of Adam Thielen, Mankato State. There's something that we'll be missing, you know? It's just not going to be the same. So rest in peace, Mankato. You've served us well. Yeah, I, I've i never had the honor, I mean, uh, to go to Mankato, but, you know, I follow it on the site, and it's always cool to see, you know, our new draft picks every year, you know, old veterans come back to Mankato and basically live that dorm life for uh couple weeks here and uh you know my favorite thing about Mankato is actually that first I believe the Friday night or Saturday night practice where they go under the lights at uh, the stadium there which you know we get to see the uh, offense get showcased a little bit defense showcased and get to see the team and what what they're working on so yeah Mankato will be missed but you know they have a really nice up-and-coming uh training facility up in where is it Arden Hills or something like that it's down in Egan. Egan. So I Went can speak the wrong to it. I mean, it's uh, the wrong definitely, way. I've driven past it okay. a number of times, and it's uh, it's quite visually imposing yeah. on the landscape. I mean, I think they'll they'll have a lot of fun there, um, make new memories there, and um, should be fun, but uh, rest in peace, Mankato, as Quinn said. So, you know, when I was scribbling out the, the agenda for for this, this week's episode, I was trying to figure out, man, there's been so much that we could talk we could three cap uh for for this off season and uh was when thinking about it we've decided to break it up a little bit so uh in in the next episode we'll really kind of look and give you the positional breakdowns and predictions for the upcoming season but in this episode we're kind of gonna kind of go through the off season um so we'll, we'll talk about our free agent departures and acquisitions we'll talk about the draft and uh, we'll, we'll, we will spend some time talking about linemen. That, that's the one uh, kind of positional group we will talk about later on. Um, before we, we start talking about free agency, I, I, I think we should talk about uh, the fabulous Deadspin article, Why Your Team Sucks, uh, authored by Drew McGarry. Um, Nicole, I, I think you wanted to open up about this. Yeah, um, so every year Deadspin and Drew McGarry publish 
these articles called Why Your Team Sucks and then the year. So this year is 2017, and then they publish for all 32 teams. And lo and behold, because the Vikings ended up not being one of the better teams, the Why Your Team Sucks 2017 for the Minnesota Vikings has been published already. And basically it's a rundown of what always goes wrong for the Vikings, what could Which is go, everything. <laughs> which could go wrong for the Vikings. And um, it has the writer, Drew McGarry, talking about um, that as well as fan input as well um, on what what is the bane of their existence of being a Vikings fan. But uh, I think... Which is everything. <laughs> the, the biggest... Um, point in this article which which i thought was probably the best part of the article and quinn jump in whenever but oh i will um the best part was the quarterback situation all right all right so (laughs) this guy writes says something along the lines of you know i have no idea how this season is going to go but there are two things that I am absolutely certain of. He says guarantee. I can, that guarantee, I can guarantee. And I think every Vikings fan can agree with him. With this quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. And one is that neither quarterback will make an academic case to win the job for the following year. And two, no matter which choice they make, it's going to be the wrong one. Yep. Yep. In Vikings fashion, they will find a way. To screw up this decision. But, uh, you know. So you guys are saying Case Keenum. He's going to be the number one. Could be. You know, you never <laughs> I'm know. I'm thinking with, Taylor Heineke. We never know with the uh, Vikings. You know, we might even sign sign Kaepernick. Eh? Eh? That could be a uh, road that we go down. You never know with the Vikings. But um, if you ever have the chance to uh, read read those articles, they are fantastic. He does them for every single team. But the one for the Vikings is pretty on point. So we can go go into our off-season. Our regularly yeah. scheduled program, exactly. so if you will. How I thought, because there's, there's a lot of names to go through here in free agency. And so I kind of how I thought we'd break it down is uh, I'd, I'd list out the name. And you guys would either give a, a cheer or or a jeer, uh, depending on kind of what uh, how warm you were I like that on, idea, on the, Carl. The different I dig prospects. it. I dig it's good, it. It's a good idea. It's a and, deal that uh, I dig. It was interesting when I was going through and uh, revisiting our signings. Of course, there are names you immediately immediately think of, but there are there are a couple deep cuts on here, uh, which honestly, I I would I don't, no one's gotten cut yet, so I, I would assume they're, they're still <laughs> on the roster. Jarius uh, Wright is still here somehow. They certainly yeah. still uh, here. He guarantees. I, I could be totally wrong, and maybe they aren't. They're more than camp bodies, but there's some deeper cuts on here, so I'll be interested to hear your guys' input All when right, we hit, get there. Hit me. Um, but let's start off with somebody who was was in the news uh, in in the off season um, after moving back to to Minnesota. Let's start off with Michael Floyd. He, huge cheer, huge cheer. This is the sex boat team. This is the Adrian Peterson team. So it might as well get a drunk driver. Plus, this kid is talented. Huge cheer. Um, it's a, it's a lukewarm cheer, you know, it's a, it's a woo, you know, it's not a big cheer, but, uh, the dude got caught with alcohol in his body after saying he drank too much kombucha tea, which classically the Vikings 
just let him off the hook there. But like Quinn said, you know, we are the sex boat team. Fred Smoot for life. <laughs> Don't forget about the Wizenator. Yeah, the Wizenator. You know, <laughs> we've uh, we've gone down a lot of a lot of roads with a lot of players, and I mean, if he is telling the truth that he drank way then too much, then it's not as fun. Yeah, no, it's it's really not. But I mean, the the, the dude's good. He's. Uh, I think he's going to be a weapon for Bradford, but the key is if he can stay eligible this year. He so, does have a Super Bowl ring too, doesn't he? So I mean, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about the wide receivers, but but briefly, I mean, he's suspended for the first four games, right. I believe, of the regular season. Uh, what's your guys' over-under for at least how many catches you think he's going to get? 30. Over-under a 30? I'll over. go over on that. Yeah, I'm going slightly over. I'm going to say 34. That's a terrible over under that. I'm saying 34, not over by much. Okay. Not, See, I, he's I feel, a big body, not a not a possession. I feel I'm I'm stupidly a little bullish okay. uh, on him. Uh, he's somebody who certainly, of course, shown great flashes while in Arizona, um, but did did flame out a little bit there at the end. Of course, they have a lot of talent um, down in Arizona in that receiver core, and then, of course, uh, <laughs> didn't do a whole lot to— after moving to, well, getting cut and moving to New England. But I, I think he does have something that we don't really have or hasn't, they haven't quite contributed um, yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly bullish, Michael Floyd. All right, moving on. Next name, Case Keenum. Cheer. Yeah, Case. As I call him, just in case, because, you know, backup quarterback, so you only use him just in case. Y- y- you like it? You like? Of course you do. I'm... No, they needed a guy with some mobility rather than the statue that was Sean Hill to sit behind the statue that is Sam Bradford. Granted, Case Keenum's completion percentage has been the equivalent of a steaming pile of garbage thus far in his career. He is very reminiscent of Christian Ponder in a lot of ways with a stronger arm. So... I don't know. I You can do worse as your backup quarterback. I think he started playoff games with Houston, but once again with their quarterback situation, that's not saying much. But he's got about 20-some starts, so I'm saying cheer on that one. I don't have a reaction, really, to Case Keenum. It's a backup quarterback. He reminds me of someone that would start for the Bears. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he... Uh, just not very inspiring quarterback. I mean, hopefully we we don't have to use him. And just in case, let's hope Teddy Bridgewater is the number two. And but he's he's certainly an upgrade over Sean Hill. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's another St. Louis quarterback <laughs> uh, that we pulled from. Wait, St. Louis oh, quarterback? I'm sorry, L.A. Ram quarterback. There but, you go. Uh. I don't know. Sean Hill was fine. Case Keenum will probably be fine, but if they're on the field, I think the season's over anyway. So, um, yeah, no, no real reaction to Case Keenum. All right, next name: Ryan Quigley, our brand new punter. Jeer. I I like he he didn't do well. I'm told. I I don't know. I think he had one good punt against the Bills. One bad punt. You know. I don't know. Jeer. I'll go uh, jeer as well. I don't punters don't really move the needle for me, um, and Quigley apparently didn't do well either. So I don't really care for him. Jeer, boo. 
All right. Bring back Locke. Actually, no. No. Sign don't. someone else. That's some college kicker. All right. Next name on the list is Terrell Sinkfield. Who? Is yeah. he is he a camp body that's going to get cut? He's a cornerback. Oh, is, is he the Hopkins guy? I don't. He's the Hopkins guy, isn't he? <laughs> he might be the Hopkins guy. You know what? I'll I'll just say I'll. You know what? Cheer. He'll be a good <laughs> practice squad guy. He's he's not making the team. If he is, then extra cheer. I am uh, going against you here. I'm going jeer. Okay. Because why? Uh, you not, just not a big fan of the name. I mean, I don't even remember it anymore. All right, what well, was his I'm, name? Let me know how, what you think of the next name. We'll we'll, we'll move quickly right. here. Mitch Matthews. He's a wide receiver. I like the Eminem. Yeah, you know, I like cheer. it too. Cheer, cheer. There, good, good. Uh, All right, next name. Uh, Nick Tuesdale, tight end. Uh, jeer. Anyone who's not Red Ellison, jeer. Well, that's. We'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, I think he's somebody. I feel like he he could make. He could be on the. He could be on the roster when we get. Uh, when we get to the regular season. All right. Uh, now we're gonna move into some names that uh, you guys definitely know well. The heavy hitters uh, of the off season. Uh, we'll we'll start on the offensive side of things. Uh, in in positional players, we'll start with uh, Latavius Murray. Cheer. I liked him in Oakland. I know he's dinged up, but he's he's a lot. Uh, he's kind of that power back that you need. And even before they drafted Delvin Cook, I was I was a fan of Latavius Murray. I know he's hurt once again, but I think he's a much better short yardage guy than Asiata ever was. So I think he improves this offense. I uh, was very happy with it. Cheer initially. And then even bigger cheer when we got Delvin Cook. I think he's going to be a great compliment to... To Cook, um, he's probably not happy that uh, he doesn't get the lion's share of the work. Um, maybe he was promised that. Maybe he wasn't. But I think Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray in the backfield. Thunder and Lightning and is then, what they're going to be called. Yeah, Thunder and Lightning and then McKinnon. Um, I don't know. Who, what, I don't think we'll use. I hope we won't use McKinnon much. I th- was, we can get into this in the positional portion of the uh, – show next time but uh i liked i liked uh latavius murray big cheer for that one and he's got hands yeah Yeah. unlike adrian peterson all right the next name is actually somebody who i think has maybe gone under the radar a little bit but i'm actually really excited about that is uh dayton jones the tone setter Mm. you know i really don't have much of an opinion here so I'm going to say jeer just because their most recent Packers signings haven't worked out all too well. So, you know, I, I don't know. I know he's been miscast in Green Bay, but I'm saying jeer. I'll go cheer here again, actually. Uh, again, Green Bay was not the right place for him. Um, just wasn't wasn't somewhere that he could thrive. And then with our defensive line, again, we'll talk about it a little bit. Next time, but uh, I think he'll be he'll be fine uh, with the Vikings, and I I I, I like the uh, pickup. I think he's going to get a sneaky amount of sacks, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, he's not going to see as many snaps as a lot of the other members of uh, the defensive line rotation. But I think for for we're going to get a lot of production out of him. All right, next name, Mike Remmers. Jeer. 
it's a Vi- the Vikings signed an offensive lineman. He's going to get hurt. This has nothing to do with Remmers' career up to this point. Spoiler alert, I'm saying Jeer on Riley Reif, Reef 2. They're both going to get hurt for the season in like week two or three. Just wait. Just wait. You know, I, I'd, I'd say I'm a glass half full type of guy, but like my glass is 100% empty, so try to spin that well. I don't know. I'm Jeer. All right, we'll, we'll throw Riley's name out too. We'll, we'll, we'll right. talk about him right now too. Nicole? Yeah, let's, uh, I'll go jeer on both as well i mean mike remmers was trash against the bills he uh, allowed two sacks i believe uh looked suspiciously like tj clemmings um in a different number uh not 100 percent convinced that they didn't try to put clemmings out there with a different name on his back well but, that guy was white um so. well yeah the crazier things have happened quinn um but, uh, yeah, Remmer's not a big fan. I think there were better offensive linemen out there, this free agency. And then Riley Reef is already injured. So um, that's just classic and another jeer. So Vikings offensive line is still going to be a problem. We'll talk about it again later this episode. That Whoa. we will, Nicole. Now, before we get into our, our departures, let's, let's talk about three re-signings. Um, let's, let's talk first, of course, about our favorite Adam Thielen. Oh, huge cheer, huge cheer. So note about Adam Thielen. So ESPN did a thing where it was the top selling Jersey in every single state and every single state, except for one had a big name like Marshawn Lynch is huge right now. Tom Brady is huge. Dak Prescott is huge. In Minnesota, the top-selling jersey was Adrian Peterson for New Orleans. But in North Dakota, the top-selling jersey is Adam Thielen. So, huge cheer. Yeah, I, I love the move, the the uh, ability of, for the Vikings to lock him up, and I think he'll be productive again this year. Uh, I, I really like the move, big cheer. All right, moving on. The ageless wonder, Terrence Newman. Cheer. I can never get me enough Terrence Newman. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Terrence Newman. Hopefully he's not taking the bulk of the snaps. Uh, but just to have someone like that on the team um, to mentor people and just be a backup. I mean, he can still run with the best of them. Uh, I think it's a good it's a good signing. Um, it's a good re-signing, I should say. But hopefully he's not forced into starting duties. And last but not least, Jeremiah Searles. Well, I thought we were going Robinson here. Uh, Jeremiah Searles, you know, I guess why not? Cheers. You might be able to be able to get him something. He'll be a good backup, meaning he'll start half the games. So those are the three I want to talk about. Of course, we've, we've made many more re-signings, um, but I'm sure we'll talk about them more in the future. Um, let's move on to players that we've, we've lost this, this off season. Of course, I think we have to start off with uh, the biggest name, which is Adrian Peterson. You know, I am going to be bold here. Actually, probably not. I That's think not a lot- bold. I know what you're going to say. I, yeah. and it's not bold. Yeah, exactly. That's why I changed my mind, man. Good, good call, man. Good call. All right. Um, I'm happy with this move. I uh, big cheer for him leaving. Um, there are multiple reasons why, um, but first of all, you're paying a running back way too much money in today's NFL to uh, basically get two and a half yards of carry behind our. Just abysmal offensive line. Um, not a great back out of the backfield. And um, 
It won't cost us any uh, playoff games, fumbling three to five times per game. So, I mean, he was great, and I loved watching him while he was here in his prime. Um, was a really, really solid player. And then, obviously, you had the character um, flaws that he ran into there for beating his child, um, which wasn't a great look. And but then uh, it was it was time for him. It was to time go. for him. Yeah, he played played ten seasons, won several rushing titles, had the most yards in a single game. He was a good he was a good yards. addition to our team. He, he did what he was. He supposed wasn't just to do. good. He was one of the best players in this team's history. But unfortunately, everybody has an expiration date, and I think Adrian Peterson hit it with us. Who yeah. you got next, Carl? All right, next up is somebody who. Uh, I was excited about when when we when we brought him in last year, and uh, it, it didn't pan out because of injury issues. Uh, big Andre Smith. Andre Smith. Can Is he you, even with anybody? Yeah, he's with the Bengals again. He resigned okay. with them. Um, uh, I have a uh, a cheer for this. He didn't really do anything for us, so I don't really. Well, care. he was out for the entire year, so I, I guess there's really no way you can say either way. All right. Next. Next up. The Flash himself, Cordell Patterson. I I'm saying jeer jeer on this one because I I like got the words there. Oh, I couldn't remember if it was like jeer that you didn't like the player or jeer on the move. E- either way, I'm sad to see him go because I think uh, he did add that kind of X factor to the offense. And even if he just wasn't smart enough to run routes. He he made the offense a little bit more exciting. And I when, think when you knew that he caught the ball, he he did have some potential. But having a player just not be that smart that that's going to play well in Oakland. We're going or, to miss him the most on special teams. Well, yeah, Correct. returning kicks and, as and a gunner. gunning because he was probably the league's best gunner. Getting down the field, beating every single cornerback every single time. I I don't I can't count how many times he got there before his blockers to actually tackle a guy before he could make a return. Like he was fantastic. All the time, the number was nine, 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 nine times, nine times. So let me ask I you a question: you. <laughs> with uh, Patterson now being gone, yeah. Uh, let's let's say you're watching the Vikings, yeah, and. Uh, Unfortunately, the opposing team scores a touchdown. Yeah. And you really have to go to the bathroom. I feel like in previous years, you would have maybe thought twice because you wanted to be there after the the TV break to see the kickoff before there is another TV break. So this is what I'm saying, you know. Do you just just not worry about it now and you just just skip all the advertisements? He was very, very good at returning kicks, but there are players in this league, and I think we have players on our roster that can fulfill that role, too. All right. Who do we got next? Up next, Captain Munnerlin. I'm going to miss that one. He was one of the best nickel corners in the game, and I, I don't know how much more there is to say about that. He's just... He was a good team player. Yeah, good good team player. I mean, hopefully... Uh, what's the Clemson's kid name? Alexander? Mackenzie Alexander. Yeah, hopefully he can slot in there and uh, pick up where... Monterland left off. I'm certainly in agreement. I think that might be, um, in terms of players we've lost, the toughest to immediately immediately replace 
or haven't replaced uh, in free agency. All right, next up, Adi Cole. Eh, he was he was a backup, more of a special teams guy. You're going to lose guys like that every every year. Well, I don't even know what did he play linebacker or something? Yep. Okay, yep. yeah, don't care. All right, next up, former. I, I'm going to have to say after. Well, I'll, I'll just throw the name out first. Uh, Rhett Ellison. Oh my God! Don't don't get me started here. Rhett Ellison, my man. I am going to miss this one a lot because the unsung hero. I don't care what his dad said. Everyone's got family baggage. But Rhett Ellison was, he did everything well. He could catch for touchdowns. He even ran in a touchdown. He was a good special teams player and blocker. Ah, he did it all, man. Granted, he wanted big money, but I think he's with New York now. They're going to get a lot out of that kid. See you later, Rhett. It was fun while it lasted. I think Quinn, uh, Quinn said it best there. I have nothing further to add. Well, I'm just going to throw in a cheer to be different. I'm, I'm tearing up here, if you can't tell. All right, next up, Jeff Locke. Thank God we're rid of that guy. Thank God. I mean, he was not good, but he... Definitely wasn't the worst punter in the league. Yes, he was by yards per kick average. He was the worst. He was not. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No. Yeah. No. Who was that? I don't know, but he wasn't. He was. He was not. He was worst one year, but it wasn't last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is he was the worst. He was one year the worst worst. punter. Not last year, though. Anyone who can say, thank God. There's one more. There's one more player. Actually, there's there's two more. Uh, there's one more. We'll, we'll, the one more we'll get to okay. him. Uh, we'll we'll start first with Charles Johnson. Eh. I forgot he was even on the roster. Honestly. Yep, I'm with Nicole on this one. All right, we'll talk about the one more. Okay. Let's talk about Matt Cleal. Okay, the reaction Quinn had to Jeff Locke. <laughs> okay, Matt Khalil, the turnstile. Is finally gone. I cannot wait to see Cam Newton just get blown up every game when Matt Khalil lets every possible defensive end through. And 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 Newton already has a history of concussions. And don't, he, and, and don't forget the two holding calls and two offsides yeah, calls per game. That unbelievable. I'm so glad he's gone. Although, watch him turn it around and play like he did his rookie year yeah, now that be, he's in Carolina be, with his classic. brother. Yeah. I think I think you missed one as, as well. I mean, Khalil, Khalil, thank God he's gone, but there's there's one more. Who, I who think, did I miss? Uh, was it somebody we uh, didn't resign? Maybe you've just blocked it from your memory because it was unbelievable that it happened. Does a 27-yard kick ring a bell? Well, that happened in the middle of the year. But still, we must okay. talk about it. I thought it. we were going uh, Chad Greenway here because, you know, he retired. Also he that. was like a big player no, but on this I, team. But. Like, it happened in the middle of the year. But we must talk that our special teams unit is gone. Thank God. You know? Blair Walsh gone. Lock gone. I don't know if our long snapper's still there. But long snapper's still there, but he was cool. He's cool. All right, fine. But the two people that caused so many problems for us 
are gone, maybe we can start anew. Well, and Patterson, you know, the only yeah, the only Patterson, key guy yeah, is, is Cheryl's yeah. still here. There you go. So Walsh, Locke, and Greenway. I mean, I'm gonna miss Greenway. We all will. He's a he was a great player. He had um, lost a step. Um, he he knew that like like Peterson had his time to go. Greenway knew when it was his time exactly. to go. Yeah, and though he still managed to be be he, fairly he was effective, effective last year. Yep. So. he was a smart guy to have on the field mm-hmm. and coach on the field. Coach on the field. Right. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap up our our free agency review. Um, up next, after a brief musical interlude, we'll bring you, of course, our flag on Ooh. the play. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Purple 3 Cap and everyone's favorite segment, Flag on the Play. Now, this is for something that happens that's just stupid, something bad, or something that just makes you say, come on, what are you thinking? It's been here every week of last year, and it's going to be here until this podcast ends. So, I'm going to kick this one off with the Houston Texans and their front office. So I don't know if you remember a quarterback by the name of Brock Osweiler, but they gave him a monster contract, five years, $72 million. How many million, Quinn? $72 million for Brock Osweiler. And he was, sorry, he was obviously not good. He He was just not good. He was just a tall guy who was thrown to good receivers in Denver, so the Houston Texans thought, this guy is the answer to our prayers. So what do they do? They go out and sign him. Last year, he was just so bad. He made his receiving core with both Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins just terrible. Their best receiver became their tight end, C.J. Fedorowicz. How bad do you have to be to let somebody with the last name Fedorowicz be your best receiver? You didn't happen to have drafted Hopkins on your fantasy team, Oh, I did. Let's, yeah. That was a bad season by me and fantasy. We... There's a new season coming up. Anyway, so how bad is Brock Osweiler? But the Texans can't just cut him because they already have too much money guaranteed to the guy. So they had to trade a second-round pick to get the Cleveland Browns. A number two they had to trade? They had to trade a big number two to the Cleveland Browns. To take that contract on, how bad do you have to be to get somebody to trade away draft picks just to get rid of you? And of course, they drafted a new quarterback, traded up to get him, hoping that he's their answer again. But seriously, they traded away a number two to get rid of a player. So Houston, you get my flag on the play. Carl? So my flag on the play is thrown at the Chargers, and it's not really just for moving, right? We'll leave that discussion for another day, but it's for going, and they're playing at a soccer stadium. Yeah, I mean, Carl, soccer stadiums hold a good number of people, right? Well, soccer's not an American sport. Well, this sport. is this is a soccer-specific stadium. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it'll hold about 30,000 people. 30,000. And what do you think the lowest 
attendance for an NFL game. What, what, what even what what do you think what stadium, you know, what 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 would you ballpark as, you know, the lowest lowest number? Of, uh of let's attendance? ask the fans in Jacksonville. Um maybe all 80 of them <laughs> might know. I would right, say if I, they, but if they were, me, s- were selling out. Oh, selling out. Oh. 6 58,000 I think is the uh Lowest sellout capacity. So there's a little bit of a gap there, right, right? between yeah. StubHub Center and and your your average NFL stadium. Right. Wouldn't you say? Oh, average NFL stadium. I would probably say that's probably sixty two, sixty three. Though. I think US US Bank is give or take sixty four. Okay. So th- there's there's something missing there, and there's you know this this stadium uh, was built built for a different sport, and uh, I think. They're gonna have a, a difficult time there. I mean, there's a lot of renovations that needed to happen just just to make make be able to get the television cameras in. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I would say bad move. My flag on the play is thrown right at the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, Los Angeles sucks. That actually leads right into my flag on the play, and it's the movement of these franchises to LA and Las Vegas that needs to stop stay where you are why does LA need like 10 teams they have they one have two I hate you I, I hate know. you a lot that's the best part of this show <laughs> they don't need as many teams as they have right now. Even we moved St. Louis already to LA. They're moving San Diego to LA. They moved the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. The Oakland Raiders to Las Vegas. Is that a joke? Like that that's one of the franchises up there. You know, Oakland is synonymous with the Raiders. Except yeah. for when they played in LA. Well Quinn. Quinn you are really testing my patience right now. Gonna but you know be a what good I'm saying? season. You know what I'm saying, though. When you think of the Raiders, at least our generation, when you think of the Raiders, you think of Oakland, and you think of you know, the pit and that athletic stadium, and you see you know, this, this team that's just going to be uprooted and moved to Vegas, which doesn't have any culture. It's like it's a strip of... Casinos, strip clubs, and I mean, it's just it's legalized sad prostitution. To see. It's sad to see that, but uh, that's my flag on the play on NFL owners being uh, greedy as always and moving teams to places where they shouldn't. Uh, God bless capitalism, right? Up next in our agenda, we're going to take a look at the draft. And of course, this draft can't be talked about without talking about a certain trade. So we've talked about the Sam Bradford trade many of times on this podcast, but we'll talk about it one last time. And, and I'm looking here for, for a one-word answer. So the Sam Bradford trade, good trade or bad trade, yes or no? Quinn? No. Bad trade. All right, Nicole. Also, no bad trade. I'd always take first-round picks over. Anything. You said last year that you defended them. I distinctly remember that. All right, all right. We've, we've already talked about this way too much. Uh, so we'll move on with the actual draft 
class. And so much like we did with free agency, uh, I'll, I'll be throwing out the names and uh, we'll, we'll get a cheer or a jeer. And so I have to start with the golden boy. Let's start with Delvin Cook. Cheer. I, I don't think there's any question about that. He brings some razzle-dazzle to this offense who was able to get the quarterback who completed the best completion percentage in NFL history, yet ranked 28th. I mean, you need somebody that can make a play. So, great job. Great job. Yeah, he's not a big cheer there. Um, Not going to replace Adrian Peterson by any means, but... uh, We're not asking him to. No, um, he's a good... He's a kid from FSU, from Florida State, um, out of a pro-style offense, so I think you should plug in, plug and play really easily there in our system, and um, he'll be a good, like we said, alluded to earlier, a good one-two punch with Latavius Murray. All right, next up, Pat, F-line. Elfline. Elfline. Cheer. Oh, so, so close. any one of those Ohio State players, you know that they are just... The class of the league. If you name me any Ohio State, that that's just where that's where legends are born. Cheer. I'm gonna go with a a cheer. Unfortunately, hear that, Pat. Hear that, Pat. That is a, from a Michigan guy. Put that on his tombstone. Nicole Prajapati just cheered somebody. From Ohio State. All right. Explanation, Nicole? Yeah. Um, Elfline was a very good starter at Ohio State. I mean, I had the distinct pleasure of watching them beat you. I uh, had the dissatisfaction of watching Ohio State play, and uh, this guy played pretty well on that offensive line. Um, they had a pretty good offensive line over at Ohio State. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really ask for more from a third rounder there. And then the fact that we were able to get Elfline um, from a program like Ohio State. Uh, Go Big pretty, Ten. Pretty good. Yeah, so, certainly certainly tremendous value. Yeah, really good value pick. on that pick. And, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll be fine, um, especially in our system. All right, next up, Jaleel Johnson. I love this tackle. pick. I love this pick. This is probably my favorite pick of the draft. A lot of people thought he could have gone second round. I think they got tremendous value where they took him. Um, He's a guy you can move around, athletic, kind of like a Tom Johnson. I think he's going to be starting by the time the year's over because, let's face it, Sharif Floyd's done. Yeah, I I tend to agree here. Um, Kid from Iowa. I also also watched uh, this guy play against uh, Michigan twice, I believe, and both times he was a monster and he uh he he's a really really solid interior interior lineman and you know I tend to agree with Quinn I think uh he'll he'll get a good number of snaps and I would not be as surprised if he is starting by the end of the year really really solid pick good value again by Spielman yeah I mean you have to have to look at our defensive line as perhaps uh the cream of the crop in terms oh, yeah. of depth and uh uh, and strength, certainly, as we move into the season. All right, next up, Ben Gideon. Jeer. He doesn't have good sideline-to-sideline side speed. You know, he's he's a guy who, uh, he just, he's a guy that'll stop the run, but if you ask him to cover a back on a wheel route, 
I just don't see him being able to do that. You're playing against Atlanta. All of a sudden, Devontae Freeman runs out of the shotgun, down the field, down the sideline. Gideon's not going to be able to catch up with him, so I'm saying jeer. Quinn's only saying jeer because he's a Michigan man. You know, I, I'm going cheer here. This guy for Michigan, I agree, you know, that sideline to sideline speed might not be there, but he's always in the right place. He's always making good tackles. You rarely see him miss tackles. And I think he's going to plug in to where Greenway was last year, you know, coming in on situational downs. We have Kendricks and Barr to cover running backs out of the backfield. I mean, this guy can cover tight ends. He might struggle a little bit on wheel routes, but we can match up properly and not put him in those positions, and he's going to be a really, I think, strong person in our uh, defense, and uh, I I think he's going to contribute too. And uh, it, it does not hurt that he comes from the best university in the world, the University of Michigan. So Why can't they um, let's move Ohio on State? to the uh, next player. Next up, Rodney Adams. I like this guy. I like this guy. He's really athletic, um, lacks a lot of the tools, but those are things you can coach. Yeah, Rodney Adams, he's uh, flashed a little bit here in uh, training camp. Um, Southern Cal- Cal- not California, sorry. Florida, Southern I think. Florida, boy. Um, so competition might not be up to par but uh, I think he'll uh, be able to cope pretty well next up Danny Isadora I like this pick a lot actually when it came Guard up from Miami from right? Miami Florida yeah because he's a monster yeah right he, he played uh I was watching actually the draft I happened to see and the fact that Isadora fell to the what is a fifth round um he he looked pretty good on tape, and he's a giant. I think uh, hopefully he can plug in. I don't know if he's NFL ready, but I think um, if if for some reason he's not able to see the field, he, I think we definitely keep a roster spot for him because he has the potential to be a very good guard. Up next, Bucky Hodges, tight end. I love this. This guy is very athletic. They are running him out of everywhere. He is somebody who is made to run the seam route down the middle through the cover two defense. I Just being down in Mankato, that was one thing that you really liked to see. And even in preseason, the first game, you saw Case Keenum targeting him down the field. This guy isn't built for the three-yard out. This is a guy that's meant to be matched up one-on-one with a linebacker and outrun him or be matched out up one-on-one with a safety and be able to be just way more physical than that guy is. So I think they're going to have big plans for Bucky Hodges. I like Bucky Hodges as well. Um, I think he's going to work really well with um, Rudolph, with high-low combinations there. Um, with uh, high-low combinations with... Uh, with Rudolph being able to Rudolph going low, him going high, you know, you have two big monsters going down the field there. Um, I he's listed as a tight end, but I think he has the skill set of a wide receiver. I mean, he can go out out wide. He can. Well, he uh, played wide receiver in college. He's yeah, just at Virginia so Tech. Yeah, big. But uh, I think if you mold him a little bit, he can he can block, you know, chip a end, and then be very dangerous in the uh, passing game. So uh, I I like the pick. I'm next, Stacy Coley. Yeah, 
I think I, he might make the team outside shot. I actually really like this pick. Um, another kid from Miami, actually. So you know the competition's good. I like players that come from big, you know, D one schools that that have shown that they can play at a high level. Um, and and this this kid has looked really really solid in preseason. And you know, there's only good things coming out about him in uh, training camp. So. I would not be surprised if he uh, makes the team. Um, if we have, if we don't have enough spots, I would not be surprised if a team picks him up. Um, but because he he's looking real good uh, thus far. Well, in the interest of time, uh, I think we're going to move on. So my sincerest apologies to to our last three seventh round draft picks, um, and I also think uh, we'll table our discussion on the offensive line and until until next time when we talk about and we break down all the all the different uh, positional players. We will close with our hot takes and we'll bring them to you right after the break. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Purple 3 Cap. This is a Minnesota-based podcast. So what we need is a good name for a hot take thing. So we needed to think, what is more Minnesotan than hot dish? So this is your hot dish, hot take section of the podcast. So this is going to be a section where we can say something that's not conventional like, okay, I think the Buccaneers are going to be good this year. No, nothing nothing like that. Because, let's face it, they're a hot bandwagon team right now. It's a popular opinion. Now, this is my hot take. And this year, I think that TJ Clemmings is going to play well. So, here's, the, here's why I say that. Are you kidding me? No, here's why. So, the last couple of years... He has been starting at left and right tackle. Now think about that. Left tackle is just about the hardest position to play in the entire league outside of quarterback. Right tackle is just a little bit easier than left tackle. Next, until his junior year of college, he had not played offensive line. He was a defensive lineman starting next to Aaron Donald. So... What did he play in college? He played guard. He's huge. He is meant to be a guard. The Vikings have converted him to guard. We know our guards have an injury history. They've signed guys at tackle. They've signed backup guys at tackle to prevent him from playing tackle. He will start at guard at some point this season, and he will be serviceable or better. TJ Clemmings will play well that's my hot dish hot take. I hate that hot take, but I, I mean, it's a hot take for a reason. So, exactly. Um, Godspeed to you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, I mean, I, I will uh, make a uh, bold prediction. I mean, I don't think anything will come close. I'm still a little stunned at what Quinn said here, but uh, my hot dish hot take is that Jabril Peppers of the Cleveland Browns, yes, the Cleveland Browns will win Defensive Player of the Year. 
Why? Do you mean player or rookie of the year? Player. You meant rookie of the year, didn't you? Now no. you're doubling down on it to I not look player, foolish. Player, Quinn. Defensive player of the year. Over Mario Williams. Over Mario Williams. And Over Aaron Donald. Yes. And J.J. Watt. Yep. And Captain Munnerlin. Yep. And Terrence Newman. Is ter- yes, yeah. Over all of them. And Don Terry Poe. Yes. And Khalil Mack. I mean, are we going to name all the defensive so players he, in the league? Is he going to play safety for them? Yeah. He's going to play safety for them. He's going to be a ball hawk. He's going to return punts. He's going to be injured by week four. He's going to be fine. He's going to be great for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, I don't think, will do that great, but he, as a player, will be fine. He'll make a lot of interceptions. He'll make a lot of big hits. He's going to be a difference maker in special teams. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't be surprised if they even use him on offense, maybe as a like a wildcat or something like that. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a defensive player of the year. Well, and I think uh, the Browns actually, as far as like Browns standards can go, for the Browns they had a yeah. had a they've about got a, as good of an offseason as they probably could have. Oh, their draft, the way that they built that offense, and the way that they just stockpiled those draft picks, well done. They could. If there was an anti-flag on the play, I'd give it to the Browns for the offseason. They could win up to five games this year. (laughs) So my uh, hot dish, hot take, uh, is kind of geared actually towards towards, uh, the fantasy realm and uh, rookie running backs. Um, The three of us are are in a league. Our draft is quickly on the horizon, so that's certainly in my mind. And... uh, my hot take is uh, the rookie running back class are going to be overvalued and drafted too early. Everybody's looking at the success um, of you know Zeke Elliott last year and saying, oh, you know, Chris McCaffrey, you know, first round talent, baby. He's taking me to the promised land. You know, oh, Delvin Cook, who I, I hope I hope he produce I hope he produces like he's he's worth the number one overall pick. But uh yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking that uh you know, some of these guys not gonna produce at the, the level you take him. So uh my hot dish hot take is maybe back off the rookie running backs earlier on in the draft. I dig it. Well, listeners, thank you for for joining us once again. We're excited to spend the season with you. Uh, We're hoping for many chances for celebration uh, as the season unfolds. We'll be back with you in probably in about two weeks um, to bring you our positional breakdowns and and predictions for the season. Uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, if we get Nicole all excited and he goes all, you know, 15 and one Super Bowl baby uh, once again. But we'll leave it until then. So for uh, Carl Bates, Quinn Jurgens, for Nicole hey, Perjapati. Shout out to my boy Nicole Perjapati who's sitting across from me. What up, man? Thank you for listening.